good afternoon. This is another edition of Off the Dome with Matt G. Wow, uh, this was a great, uh, a fun week eight, I, I guess. Um, if you're a Bears fan, it's not fun. But if you're an NFL fan in general, um, it was pretty fun. Very interesting week. Uh, we have a lot to break down on the post game. I'm here with uh, with uh, my good longtime friend, uh, recapping uh, the Bears' loss to the Saints, twenty six twenty three. Jack uh, and longtime Bears fan Jackson Kramer. Jackson, it's an honor. Honor to be here, Matt. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, finally got you on the show. I know uh, we've had some scheduling conflicts, but I'm happy you're on it. <laughs> I'm thrilled to be here, Matt. Yes, sir. Um, so let's talk about that game yesterday with about the Bears. Uh, they started off very strong, going up 13-3 to before the half, but then they let up a huge yardage to Drew Brees at the end. Um, and then starting the second half, terrible offensive play execution, followed by, like, a bad incident with Javon Wims, and then a free fall. Bears got back into it late, but then at the end, Will Lutz kicked a game-winning field goal. So I got to start off with you. If Who is to blame the most for the Bears' loss yesterday? Um, I think, I think it was the biggest blame we can put. Obviously, Matt Nagy is an easy scapegoat because he is the play caller and our offense is yet to, to shine yet. Um, it's been pretty pathetic all year long. It is. Um, but, I mean, I think the biggest blame is just injuries, really, especially to our offensive line. Uh, we had no Cody Whitehair. Bobby Massey got hurt mm-hmm. early in the game. Obviously, James Daniels has been out, and there were guys out there that were backups to backups. And it's one thing, you know, if you get, like, one or two offensive linemen that are hurt, you can replace them, and offensive line can adjust. But when you got four, five injuries going on, it, it's really, really hard for an NFL team to win with that. So, I would say, I would say Matt Nagy does get the most blame. He doesn't get all the blame, but I would say at the top of the food chain of problems, he is definitely up there, I would say, because some of the play calling he had yesterday was god-awful. Like, there was one play where you do a run pass to David Montgomery on third down, which I just don't get, and the fact of the matter, I'm not going to put it all on him, because like you said, the O-line has been one of the worst in football this year, and it didn't help. And the fact is, like, nothing really worked out that way. Um, I also am going to – I'm also going to put some blame on that unfortunate third-quarter incident involving Javon Wims with that punch on C.J. Gardner-Johnson. That was very unfortunate. And also the de- – and also some of his, his play – his timeouts usage was not on par – like, there, he called a timeout 50 seconds left in the first half. If you let the clock just run it down, there's, I don't think the Saints are going to get maybe get will get near a field goal, but they wouldn't be in a position to score a touchdown. If you don't do anything like that, then you're and if you go into the halftime going up 13-3 or 13-6, you'll be all right. But then what happens? Drew Brees drives the ball right down your throat, and that was unfortunate. Um, and also the defense yesterday – Despite the fact it made some big stops, it didn't come away with a turnover. And they only got to Drew Brees, I think, twice. And one of them was a Khalil Mack sack. So I'm, the defense has 
was decent but not great. The offensive play calling is terrible, and Foles made some good throws, but some throws on his back foot, which never works. As a quarterback, when you throw it off your back foot, it doesn't work out. And also, he got sacked and drilled by the Saints because the O-line is terrible. Um, There's just a, a variety of ways in which things didn't go the Bears' way. And also... Cole Komet was rarely targeted, and Maggie Nagy said he wanted to try to get him in the play calling. And the thing was, Allen Robinson didn't get a lot of targets either. He had that one big play early, and then the rest of the game he was kind of silent. So it was just a mixture of those kinds of things. Well, I mean, I, I think it goes to show just how limited Matt Nagy is as a play caller. Like, if, you, if he's saying how he wants to incorporate Cole Komet more, and you're some offensive guru, then Cole Komet's going to get more than one catch for two yards. And it's it's almost like he learned everything from Andy Reid, but only remembered his clock management skills. Because everything offensively that Andy Reid has, Matt Nagy has not shown. I mean, he still continues to use Corderell Patterson and... It's honestly shocking because I don't think I've ever seen him gain more than four yards on an offensive play. No. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of a lot of flaws, obviously. Like, like Matt, we're still five and three. Right, right? and that's what I try to tell people. We're still five and three, and they're only a half game behind the Packers for the number one spot in the NFC North. And, and look, and I'm not saying it's going to happen. I don't think it'll happen. But if the Bucks lose to the Giants tonight, the Bears are back up to number seven, which Correct. I don't think will happen because the Bucks are favored by twelve and a half. But that's a subject for another time. I so go ahead. You you had something else to add? Yeah, I mean it's a long season. Like the, I don't really care where we are in the standings right now. It really is going to matter more five, six, seven weeks from now. Um. But, like, yeah, I mean, you you got to learn from your mistakes, which the Bears have yet to really do. We're, we're not really improving on the things that Foles and Nagy are saying that we need to improve on, which is really concerning, obviously. But it's a long season of ebbs and flows. There's going to be weeks where things aren't working. There's going to be weeks where things are working. And hopefully the, the latter prevails. Let me ask you this. Now, I, I, you may be like rolling your eyes for me suggesting this, but would it be a bad idea to go back to Mitch? Um, well, let me counter you with this question. That the Foles throw to Mooney, the 50-yard catch, the Foles throw to Allen Robinson, touchdown. You think Mitch Trubisky is going to make those plays? I'm not saying he's not going to make those plays, but like he, the thing from that the thing seen, from what we've seen that Mitch Trubisky will, has no capability of making those throws. Right, he's not he's not done anything like that. So in that case, Foles is good in those parts. And obviously, I think we can all agree that we all miss Mitch Trubisky's legs. That's what I was going to add on to because there were times I, yesterday. There were times yesterday where Foles was ro- rolling out, and we if Mitch was rolling out, he would have run to get the first down because he's very mobile. For sure. There, there's definitely pros and cons. In, in that case, I would 100% w- wish Mitch was in those positions. And, I mean, you can make an argument to, ha- to want to have Mitch back in because 
if Nick Foles, who can't move for the life of him, is playing with an offensive line that has not seen many games because they're all backups and some of them are even defensive tackles playing offensive line, like, yeah, you might want to get a guy that can run around because there's going to be a lot of pressure. So, yeah, in that, in that sense, yeah, you kind of miss Trubisky, but... I, I I think it's too. They're they're not going to switch quarterbacks this Obviously week. Obviously not. Uh, you can make the case after next week if the Titans absolutely do the same thing that the Saints did. But I mean, Foles Foles is our guy. No matter how much he sucks, he's still our guy. Like he's not been that good, but he is still our guy. So we have to ride with him for right now. No matter how painful it is to watch, he's our guy. Um, talk to me about the defense yesterday. I mean, they did make some big key stops, um, a chance to get them back, get them to, uh, kick a field goal. Uh, the bears did, um, in regulation, thankfully there's one positive thing that no one could say is bad is our kicker. Cairo Santos is, um, now 13 of 15 on the year. He's been spectacular. He's been great. He even won at one point during the this during this year won NFC Offensive Special Teams Player of the Week at one point. Um, oh, do you know what college he went to? Um, I know he's from Brazil. Do you know what college he went to? I do not. Tulane University. Cairo Santos went to Tulane? Went to Tulane as well as Darnell, Darnell Mooney. I knew that. I knew that. Uh, that That's great. Uh, two Tulane guys. Um from your um on on the team, I know that makes you very happy. You want to root for them even more, which is great. And uh, former Bear Matt Forte, also Tulane University, and former Bear Jackson Kramer, and former future former <laughs> future Bear Jackson Kramer, Tulane University. Um, getting to your point about the defense, what would you? Would you blame the defense at all for the big yardage they let up for Camara and the big yardage at the end for putting the Saints in the position to win to make to win the game with that field goal? How much would you blame the defense? I mean, look, our defense no they did let up 26 points, which isn't ideal, but we're we're missing big opportunities that we were not missing back in 2018. The, mm. the turnovers, opportunities that we we've been having are just not going our way. Eddie Jackson jumped on that ball in overtime, I believe, couldn't get the ball. Right. Which would have been a huge, huge play. That we would have won that game if Eddie Jackson caught that ball. Right. And that's something that he was doing game in, game out in twenty eighteen. We're we're causing a lot of forced fumbles, but we can't manage to fall on top of it. It's just it's just kind of the luck of the game and we're not getting lucky on that side. So the defense is not getting as lucky as they used to be, even though we are creating opportunities um i mean i for i forgot the specific play i think it was an overtime on like a big third third down where we got a great rush on drew Brees, but for some reason khalil just like ran past him like thinking Brees faked him out i think and i Brees faked him out Brees faked him up did a ball fake on him yeah, and Khalil thought that he already threw the ball, so he didn't go after him. Like that, right. And that throw ended up being a huge third and long conversion that led to them scoring. So that, like, that's awful. Like, you can't have that happen. You have to, you have to sack the quarterback when he's right in front of your face. I you agree. Can't get faked out by five nine Drew Brees. I, I I would agree with that. 
Um, talk to me about the offensive product, the offensive production. There, they did make some big plays yesterday. Uh, they did, they did that I have that we haven't seen in weeks past. Foles did have some deep passes, like you said earlier in the show, to Darnell Mooney, that big throw, and a great, beautiful throw to Allen Robinson, who made a great catch in the end zone. Um, would you say that this silver lining of offense? Will be a good confidence booster for the Bears going forward. I mean, sure, that's a it's a good outlook for them. I mean, yeah, he made great throws to Mooney to A Rob that huge uh, third and long to Anthony Miller. Even though it was short of the first down, that was still a phenomenal throw. Um, yeah, he's taking shots, something that Trubisky was not doing. Like everything revolving around Trubisky was short slants, easy like six yard throws, like. And you're not going to win a game like that if you can only trust your quarterback to throw six yards. Um, I mean, look, the offense has sparks at times, but it, it's it's on a drought most of the time. Our defense is still healthy, which is great. They're still going to be a, a threat for sure on everyone's minds. They got to come up away with those turnovers if they want to have – yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all a matter of consistency at this point. Can we consistently get third down conversions? Can we consistently like not get sacked? These are things that we don't know yet. It's going to be a wild, painful ride, I'm, I'm sure. But we still have most of our pieces together besides our offensive line. So that's good, at least. Right. So talk to me about that incident that happened in the third quarter with Javon Wims. And do you think that whole incident – change the entire trajectory of that game, in your opinion? No, no, it didn't, because we ended up coming back and forcing the game into overtime. The third quarter was horrible, which is when it happened. Bears are not a third quarter team. <laughs> Unfortunately not. Another another zero on the board for this week. But, um, I mean, if you – at first when I saw Wims do that, I was obviously very upset. Like, like if – it was almost as if you were like at a bar and you just see some guy throw hands at someone. You're just like, what? What is going on? Why are you doing this? Like, relax. But then you start to see like what built up to that point. And uh, I believe like earlier in the game, uh, do, do you remember the Saints player that got who was what his name was? Uh, C.J. Garner Johnson. So, so C.J. Garner Johnson earlier in the game got in a little scuffle with Wims and. Garner Johnson ends up yanking his mouth guard off of his mask right. and just throwing on the ground. And obviously that's going to piss anyone off. And that should have been a flag within itself. Like if the ref saw that, that would have been a, a unsportsmanlike conduct, obviously. And Wims did not get to see the field or see him until, until that moment in the third quarter. And he let everything out on him. This is the same guy, Garner Johnson, who was making fun of Tariq Cohn's height last year. Yeah, I remember that. This is a guy that is not well liked by any bear or any Bears fan. So, I mean, as a teammate of Wims, if I saw him like do that, stick up for our team, I would be pretty pumped up and be like, "Yeah, like you're not like Wims is not doing any damage on the field at all. He has no. like four receptions for like twenty five yards this <laughs> whole season. Like, he he's not a factor at all. He's a good special teams guy, honestly. But yeah. as as a player, you, you get you get probably pretty pumped up from seeing that. You'd be like. Can we swear, Matt? Can I swear? Yeah, you can swear. Yeah, you'd be like, fuck yeah. Like, like, <laughs> you, 
you'd be pumped up. And I th- and I think it kind of worked in a way. I mean, if you're Anthony Miller, who got poked in the in the face by this guy, like on the previous drive, like yeah, that's gonna pump you up. You got kicked out. He's suspended for two games now. But wait, did that that just came out today? Yeah, it came out like fifteen minutes. Well, ago. I mean, anytime you hit, hit kit, you punch someone in the for, face. For sure. I, I mean, if I if I were him, I would I would have like body slammed the guy. And just, like, <laughs> him. So nah, I don't really care at this point. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it, if anything, it motivated the team because we did end up coming back and forced the game into overtime. So yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. What do you think, Mark? I would say that at first, like you, but when I saw at first when I saw it, I was just thinking, "What the hell is he doing? Being an idiot out there." But when, looking back on it, when I saw this this uh, tweet by this guy, I forgot who, of some detective work, and you your point of CJ Garner Johnson ripping Wims's mouth guard off, and thinking about it, I was thinking, you know what? Wims had a purpose for it. There actually was a legit reason for his actions. Now I'm not going to condone it. I'm not going to like. Su- I'm not going to support Wims for doing that for for trying to punch, sucker punch someone in the face. But looking back on it, that should have been a flag on C.J. Garner Johnson. And I think maybe originally Wims tried to yank his mouth, his chain or mouthpiece too, but he failed at doing that. And then Wims got very frustrated. And then he wanted to sucker punch C.J. Garner-Johnson. Do I support Wims for doing that? No, but I understand his motivation for doing it. I just think how Wims handled it was kind of wrong. If he, if he missed on his mouth guard, I think maybe he should have did a light punch. Like here, maybe. Where the rest didn't see it. But, uh, but sucker punching the face, I, I don't condone at all. I just don't support that one bit. But that being said, I do understand the actions from a, from detectives' work on Twitter about it. Right, but it's also a key part of the story is that it's Javon Wims that got kicked out. If this was Allen Robinson, you would be like, "Why?" Like, you're, the best way to retaliate to something like that is just to prove it on the field and right. score score in their face and just prove it that way. But Javon Wims is not going to be doing that because Javon Wims sucks. He's not. He's not a good receiver at all. No. So in, if this was Allen Robinson and you saw what happened, you'd be like, "All right, now go catch a forty-yard bomb in his face and run it for a touchdown." Because Allen Robinson can, is capable of that. Javon Williams is not. So he basically sacrificed his game to try to like motivate himself and the whole team to just like to come together. Honestly, so yeah. If if it was if it was a actual like contributing player to our offense, I'd be a lot more pissed. Obviously, if this was Allen Robinson, he got kicked off. It would destroy the team. But since it was a, a smaller role player on the team, I don't mind it. Speaking of Allen Robinson, um, it, before Sunday's game, he was in the concussion protocol, and there was doubt of him playing Sunday. But thankfully, he passed it, and he was all good to go. Um, he did have that one great catch early on, but it was kind of quiet the rest of the game. Um, do you what do you think was the problem of why they weren't able to give to give Robinson enough targets? Yeah, I I mean he did end up getting a good amount of catches at the end of the game, right? And I think he he finished with a nice stat line, honestly. But yeah, there was a good stretch in the middle of the game where Foles was just not even like targeting him. He was going for. For Mooney and going for Mooney, 
a bunch of other guys and yeah and it wasn't working either which is obviously it makes sense and yeah he's gotta he's gotta keep a rob hot throughout the game and he's gotta be a guy to go for every every single drive like you can't you can't take drives off from him like right. he is by far the best player on the offense without Allen robinson the bears are a one in 17 right so you need this guy you need him every drive you got to use him no excuses and Al Robinson, you mentioned he had a pretty good stat line. I pulled up his stats on CBS. His stats were six catches, 87 yards, and a touchdown, which is pretty good. But six six receptions on only seven targets. Anthony Miller finished with eight catches, 73 yards. Darnell Mooney, your guy from Tulane University, five catches, 69 yards, and one touchdown. That's that's pretty good. Um I think they should target more of Robinson and Darnell. And Jimmy Graham, who has played pretty well in the red zone this year for the Bears. Some Speaking of that, he would just catch and stand still and drop passes. Two catches for 13 yards on seven targets. That's not good. Yeah, he, he played a shitty game. Uh, I think he tweeted uh, today that he let himself down, he let the team down, he let the city down, and he's going to be better. So Good. And Cole Komet, that was I was actually going to mention that to you, that uh, forward progress that happened where Foles threw a pass to Cole Komet and he apparently was going in a forward progress mo- motion and um, and, who, and the defensive guy for the Saints, uh, Demario Davis, knocked the ball out off of him and then Demario Davis fell on it. But then the refs came together and said, no, that was forward progress, Bears ball. Like, do you? That was crazy. What happened? Yeah, we kind of got saved, but like, I, 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 agree I think with that was the, the right call. Well, I think they should have just blown the whistle before it even ever happened. So, like, yeah, but like, yeah, we got lucky that they that they still overturned it that way because, right. I mean, they didn't call it on the field. So yeah, we got lucky. Right. Um, talk to me about Matt Nagy. Um, after this loss, do you think he's depending on how the rest of the season goes, because either it could go both ways. I could see us making a run in the playoffs, or I could see us like missing out on the playoffs and be a quick one-and-done wildcard team. Do you think that Matt Nagy is on the hot seat um, right now for the Bears? Right now, no. We're, if we... Even if we finish like nine and seven, eight and eight, ten and six, I believe he has one more year on his right. contract after this. I, if you take out Matt Nagy, that means we're taking out our, our quarterbacks, and it, it'll be a very tough way to rebuild. Yeah, I, unless like we go on some horrible losing streak, we unfortunately, I think we'll keep Matt Nagy for next season. I mean, you said unfortunately. Yeah, it's unfortunate because we're almost at this point for the Bears where we have to win now. For you know, we traded for Khalil Mack, we traded first rounders away. Our defense is is one of the best defenses in the league, and you can't waste that. So you got it's a win now mentality, and it's tough because we don't have a a winning quarterback really. Nick Foles is not playing like his Super Bowl self, so you just gotta. Right. Dig your feet in and just live through it, really. 
this is my interesting take on Nick Foles is that when I think the expectations are lowered for him, when no one expects anything out of him, he plays well above expectations, like he did in the absence of Carson Wentz for the Eagles, went on a great uh, two-game playoff stretch, the NFC Championship game against Minnesota, and the Super Bowl against the Patriots. And I think, and even his last go-around with the fit with the Eagles, 2018, he beat the Bears at Soldier Field in the playoff game and then one drive away from beating the Saints at the Superdome. So he is, he's pretty, so he's had some big games and he has performed well in big games. Um, I think, but the, when the expectations are raised to him, I think he's not been able to perform at those expectations. Would you agree with that assessment? I mean, so far this season, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it, that's good. it goes for any player. When there's no high expectations for you, there's nothing to lose. So, yeah, that that's a huge uh, psychological factor for anyone out there. Yeah, I don't – but, like – but then again, like Nick Foles, he made it to the Super Bowl and won Super Bowl MVP. There, were def, there was definitely high expectations for him in that playoff run, and he, he performed well beyond everyone's expectations still. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, talk to me about this next game coming up against the Titans, a team that started off hot like the Bears, but has lost two in a row, coming off a loss to the St- coming uh, two weeks ago, coming off a loss to uh, the best team in the league, the Pittsburgh Steelers, by three points. There's no shame in that. But then you lose uh, to a rookie Joe Burrow last week, and just got outplayed in every aspect of the game, thirty-one twenty. Um, what, what do you, both teams hungry for a win, both losing two in a row. What do you expect out of that game coming up? Yeah, it's, uh, I, it doesn't sit well with me that they just got their asses kicked by the Bengals. Why? Because they're just going to be extremely hungry to catch a win. And I never like playing team, good teams that are coming off losses for, in any situation. Um, but, like, if you look at the matchups, like, obviously Derrick Henry is their main threat for our defense. They're, Best running back in football you can make an argument for. I think our, our their receivers, you know, you got, they got A.J. Brown, Corey Davis. Johnny Smith. Of, yeah, I mean, I think our defense will match up well with those guys, and I, I think they can definitely pick apart their offense, and hopefully it'll be a low-scoring game. Just it's it's just gonna keep coming down to our offense though, and seeing how they perform. I, I'm not exactly sure where the Titans rank defensively. They're I'm one of the lower teams. They're, they're like a they're like mid to low defensive team. They're a below average defensive team. Um, they let up some big yard some big points to some good teams. And there was one game where they let up 30 to the Minnesota Vikings. They almost lost that game at Minnesota. So I mean they 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 are. They're very below average defensively, but offensively, they are really good. Ryan Tannehill, one of the best QBRs in football. Uh, Derrick Henry, we all know how great he is. The, obviously, probably uh, the the best, if if not top two running back, right up there with Dalvin Cook. So it's going to be very interesting. Um, I, I think it's going to be a mixture of like which, which it's going to be basically our – if our our offense plays better than the Titans' defense, I think they'll win. Um, but both of them are kind of even at this point. Uh, it'll be very interesting. 
Uh, that's for sure. What, what will happen that game? I think it's going to come down to the wire again. Uh, and I think that if Foles makes the right targets, and if Nagy at least doesn't make some dumb third, third down run play call, I think they'll be okay. I just want to win. But it's going to be tough because Derek, you never know with the Titans, with Derrick Henry. And this team is no joke. So... Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough game. You, you can't really predict what's gonna happen. Right. This this is the second to last game for the Bears before the bye week. They're at Tennessee this Sunday, and then the week after, which is week uh, which is week ten, they're at home against a Monday night game against the Vikings. So Bears need to finish off strong heading into the bye week. Uh, let's talk about some upcoming trades. Do you have any trade scenarios uh, that the that you would like to see Ryan Pace make? Because I know the trade deadline is tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to see them trade for some O line help for sure at every position. Give away some draft picks. I don't care. Give away a third round pick, a fourth round pick. Just get some kind of depth in there. Um, Player wise, like I don't, I don't know if there's any if there's someone who I'd be willing to trade. On our team, for I don't, I can't really think of a specific scenario. If you have any in mind, though, go ahead. Maybe Alex Mack from the Atlanta Falcons, but I don't know. You may have to give up some colla- some collateral. But even well, then, yeah. what what pieces on our on our team do you think we can afford to even trade? That's the problem. The Bears are, have have had salary cap problems the last couple of years. Right, we we need we what I'm trying to say is we basically need every player that's on our roster. It's hard to 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 swap a position for a different position because then it's just going to hurt whatever position we traded away. The only so, recent moves that the Bears have made so far this year was releasing punter te, punt returner Ted Ginn Jr. So that was, and they just signed Dwayne Harris, who at least getting to special teams for a second. He at least cared to to return punts. And they didn't start off at least at horrible field position during the game. I could at least say that. Yeah. I think overall, though, we got to trade some draft picks away for some O-line help. That's, like, kind of the bottom line. It'd be nice if we got maybe, like, an extra D-tackle, you know, to replace Eddie Goldman. Uh, I don't know. I, I remember uh, Robertson Harris got hurt. Uh, in yesterday's game, I hope he's okay. I don't. It looked like he hurt his arm. Um, he's a big piece though on our defense, so that could be a position that we need to fill up. D tackle and O line is really what we really need. I I would agree with that. Uh, would you consider the Bears besides O line? Do you think they need any other offensive help because they do have good receivers? And the tight ends have sporadically played well. And David Montgomery, I think, has has looked pretty well although he's dealing with a bad offensive line but for what he's given he's done okay do you could think there are any other offensive additions you would like to see the bears make besides o-line i mean as long as we get o-line help first then we can start to think about other positions but if we if we trade for like another running back or maybe an extra receiver I don't think that's going to help us if our O-line is the same. So, yeah, I think maybe getting a nice RB2 for Montgomery. I don't know who that would be, like a a Deion Lewis kind of guy. Right. You know, someone that can play in the backfield, catch some balls, 
throw like just throw out something right. Different. It'll be very interesting to see. Um, that that's but for yeah. sure. O line first, then RB two, in my opinion. Right, I, I would agree. Uh, let's talk about some of the other games you saw yesterday. Let's talk about the uh, the Ravens and the Steelers. Uh, Steelers pulled off a big win, um, and they're the currently the best team in the league, not just record wise, but I just look off of complete of a complete roster. They're prob they are definitely the best team as of right now in my mind. Uh, but let's talk about Lamar Jackson for a second. Do you think that that this is hurting his like? reputation for a fact he can't win big games because he has lost two home playoff games um one against the chargers um in 2019 2018 and then uh last year um at home against the titans uh do you think that his reputation is taking a hit for the fact that he can't win any big games as of right now he has he's also 0-3 against mahomes just to point that out yeah, well, Mahomes is the best player in the league, and I think the Chiefs are still the best team in the league. But, uh, no, I mean, look, I mean, they're they're five and two right now. They really haven't beaten anyone like that good. They killed the Browns earlier in the season, um, but their other wins are against the Texans, the Redskins, or I'm sorry, the Washington Football Team, the Bengals, and the Eagles. So it's not like they've been beating great teams. Um, I mean, they're they're gonna cruise into the playoffs, and hopefully, he can get a get some wins there. But no, nah, I mean, he's very early in his career. He's having a slower start than people thought he would. Give him some time. We'll see how it goes. Right. So that win, getting to the Steelers for a second. Um, obviously, that defense forced three turnovers for Lamar. One of them was a pick six to start off the game. Uh, would you say you said the Chiefs are, but would you say the Steelers are legit Super Bowl contenders? From what 100%, you've, hundred percent. Them and the Chiefs are definitely the top two teams right now in the league. Hundred percent. They're undefeated. You can't say that they're not. Right. I mean, obviously they, obviously they, they are, they, they're a no. But I was just wondering if what from what you've seen from them, they have the the talent to win a Super Bowl. It'll be it'll be very tough, um, but I I really like their team a lot. Mike Tomlin, we all know how great of a coach he is. James Conner has been quietly a really great running back. Juju Smith Schuster has been great. Chase Claypool, uh, one of the better rookie offensive rookies in the league, and Eric Ebron made some big plays for them. And Big Ben's kind of had a resurgence coming off of his season-ending um, th- uh, th- elbow injury. Uh, he's been looking very well. Uh, the Steelers team is there, and Minka Fitzpatrick leading that anchor on defense. That team is oh, it, I wouldn't want to play that team. They're good. They are good. They are definitely a huge threat for any team that plays them. They're seven and zero, and they're not stopping. Right. Let's talk about um, about what happened in Green Bay yesterday to Minnesota. Uh would you say that it was a big deal for the Packers losing to a lowly Minnesota Vikings team? Um, would you say that's a big deal moving forward for that team? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, teams lose divisional games. Great teams lose divisional games early in the season. Packers have a very, 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 very easy schedule for the remainder of the season. Um, They're at San Fran Thursday, and we all know how banged up San Francisco's injuries are. Yeah, Kittle's out. Um, 
No, I don't think it's a big deal at all. I think I think they'll bounce back. I mean, the Dalvin Cook just took over that game. It was pretty impressive. I I would agree with that. Um, let's talk about uh, the Brady versus Belichick. Obviously, the Patriots are struggling um, in every way. Cam turned the ball over at the end of the game. Um, and there was a report I read that Tom Brady uh, was knew he'd be gone before the end of the year. Um, so in the end, uh, do you think do you think that this was wise for Tom to leave the Patriots at during this time? I mean, yeah, it was. It's pretty convenient for him to leave when half of their defense opts out for COVID. Um, I don't really blame the Patriots at all. They have barely any player personnel on their team this past week. Edelman was out. Akil Harry was out. I mean, as said before, their, half their defense has been out the whole year. I mean, it's not really a real season for the Patriots. I don't think you can put it really on anyone except, I guess you could put it on Cam, but, I mean, there's not much, not many weapons for Cam to work with. So, Also, you have to understand, um, Earlier in the year, before Cam got COVID, they were 2-1, and one, and they had a chance to beat Seattle at Seattle uh, at the one-yard line, um, if you saw that game. So they had they were in position to win. They, they could have been 3-0, and oh, but then Cam got COVID, and then they were left with a Brian Hoyer-Jared Stidham combination, which didn't bode well. And then Cam came off like rusty against Denver, a team they should have beaten. And then they got blown out by the Niners. That was embarrassing. Um, I think Cam has not been throwing the ball that great, and but I don't blame him enough. I feel kind of bad for him for the weapons he has to deal with, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Uh, it, I think the Patriots' season is over. Uh, what, are they, what are they now, two and five? Correct. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's in the trash. They're not, they're not going to get the playoffs. Uh, it's tough because Bill Belichick is still, no matter what happens, he's still the best football mind in the world, in my opinion. Um, and they'll just bounce back next season once, hopefully if COVID is not as big of a threat as, as it is right now. So it's just unfortunate. Patriots fans deserve it though. They've been winning for the past 20 years. They can handle a tough season for once and get back to reality, know how it feels for, the majority of fans in this country and uh and yeah that's that's my closing statement right uh real quick but before you go uh tonight's game monday night football game uh shouldn't be that entertaining although if you want to see tom brady throw up some some darts to gronk and mike evans um would you say that tom brady has emerged as an mvp candidate from what you've seen so far Nah, I, I nah. There's there's guys that are he's playing really well. Don't get me wrong, but eighteen touchdowns, four interceptions. Yeah, he's, he's. I mean, he also has some phenomenal weapons, and he's about to add Antonio Brown, who I still think is going to be a huge, huge problem for a lot of teams. Um, he has great weapons. He has Godwin, Evans, Gronk, now Antonio Brown. He had OJ Howard. He has Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, like. List doesn't stop, but there's guys that are performing better than him. Russell Wilson, one of them. Obviously, uh, even like even guys like Justin Herbert's playing out of his mind. Even though they did lose again, on a crazy comeback by the Broncos. That was an embarrassing uh, letdown yeah. by the Chargers. 
That was nuts. Uh, Pat Mahomes is still killing it. As, as great as Brady is playing right now, and it's insanely impressive at his age, I don't think he's going to win MVP. Nah. That is very interesting. Uh, so you had the Bucks winning tonight against the Giants? I think that's a, a logical assumption, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I I predicted before with uh, with Adam with AP that the Bucks would win thirty four seventeen. I just don't see this game being remotely close at all. Yeah, so you, so you think they're going to cover? Is what you're saying? I think they'll cover. I think they'll cover. I just don't think that the Giants are very talented enough to be in games against great teams. Uh, I don't think the Giants play like a bad team. They're in a lot of these games. They just don't have any talent, and it doesn't help the fact that Daniel Turnover is going up against a very stacked, probably the best defense in football, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I just don't see it being even remotely close tonight. I agree. It should be a blowout, but that's the beauty of football. You never right. know. Of course. Jackson Kramer, thank you so much for joining Off the Dome. Uh, we'll recap uh, next week against the from Bears against the Minnesota uh, against the uh, Tennessee Titans. Uh, Jay, it was an honor. Mart, stay well, stay healthy, and last but not least, bear down. And we love you, Steve Rudman. <laughs> Shout out, Coach Rudd. Much love. Uh, thank you, Jay, for uh, joining. Um, Glad uh, glad uh, you could make it today. Thanks, Matt. Thank you all for listening to another edition of Off the Dome. Uh, we I'll give you another episode uh, in previewing week, in, week uh, nine coming up and uh, talking about uh, some other favorite movies that I've liked recently. Thank you all for listening, and go get them.